1: talk post-draft tight end risers and fallers in the rankings next on FFT and 5. Welcome to FFT and 5. I'm Chris Towers. I'm here with Dave Richard, and we're talking about tight end rankings, risers and fallers. And the thing about the tight end position is outside of really maybe the top one or two spots, maybe three this year, it doesn't take much for a player to move up or down the rankings. Like I'm looking at my uh, I do my own projections for the season and my number three tight end and my number seven tight end are currently projected to be separated by 10 points total over the oh, course of the season. So there's not a, even a single point per game, a pretty tight margin there. Now, you know, I, I rank them slightly differently than I project them. I think that's a pretty natural thing, but that's to say that if my expectations for, say, George Kittle, were to change even a little bit, it would be possible for him to move up the rankings quite a bit. So what I want to ask you, Dave, before we get into it is, did anyone over the last month or so move up more than a few spots for you? More than a few spots?
0: Or down. Okay. Well, there's definitely some down. But let's start with the good. Mm -hmm. And the one that's moved up is Chig Okonkwo. Yeah. Who... Look, I, I kind of opened the offseason trying not to get too excited about him. I know that there are a lot of great efficiency metrics that just cast him in a light that we don't see from tight ends very much. I think some of it had to do with the fact that he just didn't run a ton of routes. Yeah. And on the routes that he did run, he got targets and he did some nice things with them. Okay. We, we saw that last year. He moved into my top 12 after the draft because the, the Titans spent a lot of their draft capital on offense but not necessarily on offense that's going to significantly impact him. Whereas Mm -hmm. a lot of the other types of tight ends that are kind of in the Okonkwo range of guys who you'll begin the season with as a starter, but maybe won't necessarily be like uh, a must-start tight end, just somebody to get you off to maybe a decent start. I I think he's better than those guys now. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's, He's 11th for me at tight end. It's not like I moved him into my top five. But I will tell you this, and this is the first time, that I'm making any type of announcement. I do my projected strength of schedule every year. Chris, the Titans have the best projected strength of schedule for their tight ends in 2023. That is
1: another plus for Chigo Conquo. You should look for him in that round nine, 10 range. Yeah. Mentioning you mentioned that uh the efficiency metrics, and the one that stands out really is he led all tight ends in yards per route run last season at 2.63 that tends to be a pretty good predictor obviously I don't think he's going to sustain a 2.63 yards per route run rate that would make him not just the most efficient tight end in football but one of the most efficient receivers in football that's unlikely however like you mentioned this is a team that only drafted offense this year uh, all six of their picks were offensive players. They did select a fifth round tight end, Josh Wile, but otherwise, OL, QB, RB, OL, wide receiver, and the wide receiver was a seventh round pick, so this is setting up very nicely for Okonkwo to be the number two offen- option in that passing offense. Ryan Tannehill, when he's been right, has been very efficient, so there's an sure. opportunity there for Okonkwo. He's my tight end 12, but I think the, the gap between him and, and 11 is very slim, so I'm totally fine with him there. Uh, any other rankings risers at tight end?
0: Well, I don't know if we can call Dalton Kincaid a riser. Sure. But, I mean, I initiated him at 13th in my tight end rankings. He kind of took over. He was initially ahead of Oconquo, and then I kind of came to my senses because it's a rookie tight end, and just the track record of those guys making a big impact, mm-hmm. I just don't see it happening. But I do think Kincaid is worth the speculation pick. When you're in round 12, or in, and not even then, maybe round 11, and you're just looking for a player with some upside to take, I think Kincaid fits. I think the Bills had a plan to get bigger at slot, Mm -hmm. and there are not a lot of tight ends that we can look at and say, all right, they're much more of a receiver than a tight end. Okay, Kelsey's one. I think Andrews is one. Pitts is He is one, just the numbers haven't been there for him. I would argue that Kittle is not one. Waller was one, but you're, you're catching my drift. There aren't a lot of other tight ends besides those guys. Evan Ingram, maybe who are Mm. pure receivers. And I think Kincaid's one of them. I don't think he's a particularly great blocker. I think he's going to run a ton of routes in Buffalo. We know how much they like to throw the football. I don't think that's going away with Josh Allen under center. And Kincaid is a good red zone
1: weapon, especially when he's playing alongside Stefan Diggs. The key thing to watch starting with OTAs this week, mini camps over the course of the off season, and then training camp, obviously, is that slot position competition for the Bills. If Dalton Kincaid is the primary slot option, I think that's going to be a an opportunity for him to, to really make an impact. If I was going to pick a, a rookie tight end, it would probably be Sam Laporta for for the Lions. Oh, who just, I, I just think it's it's an opportunity to step in right away and play a big role on a team that, again, doesn't really have a ton of competition for pass catchers. I'm on St. Brown is a target hog, but with Jameson Williams missing the first six games of the season with that suspension, I think there's a real opportunity for Laporta to, To be kind of the 2A, 2B in that passing game, I think the running backs are going to get a decent number of targets, but Laporta's got a real opportunity for the Lions. Did anybody move down for you? TJ Hawkinson moved down. Okay. Uh,
0: Vikings add Jordan Addison. Doesn't take a a science whiz to figure out that Addison's going to take a pretty large target share. Um, Certainly, Thielen is leaving behind a lot of targets and Addison's going to be a more explosive version of that in this offense, but he might take more than just what Dillon's leaving behind. And, you know, drilling down into Hawkinson, he had one great game Mm -hmm. in Minnesota and a lot of good games. I'd still take him ahead of pretty much every single tight end that we've talked about. I've got him sixth, but I'm not as excited about him. And I thought that the case could have been made before the draft to take him as high as third in full PPR.
1: Not anymore. Yeah, he just had four games with more than 15 PPR points after the trade. So it was like a decent amount of volume, but not necessarily because he was relatively inefficient. You know, under 10 yards per catch, it's kind of been where he's been for his career. He's someone who really, really depends TJ Hawkinson on volume. If he doesn't have that, it's going to be hard for him to make. An impact. I think he's a nice set it and forget it option. He's my kind of the default tight end number three this year. Although you said you have him number six. Yeah. I think anywhere from three to six, three to seven makes sense for Hawkinson. I think it's unlikely he finishes as the number one tight end. I think it's unlikely he finishes tenth. I think he's going to be a solid option, but not necessarily a superstar. So I think that's perfectly fine to drop him with the with the addition of Jordan Addison, and that's gonna do it four FFT and five we talked about tight end rankings, rises and fallers. We're going to have more for you next week and we'll see you then.